Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, welcome to worship today. Special welcome to friends, guests, and visitors, and those who are joining us uh, online as well. We're, we're glad that you are here. So a few uh, announcements printed in your bulletin. I invite you to look those over. I won't read every single one of them. Uh, but just to highlight a couple that are coming up soon. Um, after church today, uh, in the library, for anyone who's interested, um, I have a board game called Mission Possible, which comes from this Oikos Accelerator process we've been involved in for about a year. And uh, uh, it's meant to help us think through uh, creative problem solving. Um, and so I wanted to try it with a group here. If you are interested, you can meet me in the library uh, to find out more about what that is. So uh, Mission Possible board game after worship today. And on Wednesday night this week, we're going to gather out by our new landscaping for a church family campfire and some s'mores. So I uh, want to invite you all to that on Wednesday night. Uh, again, take a, take a look at the other announcements printed in your, your bulletin. Um, a couple of uh, updates to our prayers. Um, first of all, I think many of you all have heard by now that uh, Randy Carrier passed away earlier this week, and so we're praying for Roberta and Mike and all those who are uh, grieving Randy in this time. Uh, we'll, we'll be sharing more about uh, services and things like that soon. I also received a, a couple of requests for prayer for the uh, situation that's been in the news with the death of Jessica Ray and Jason Ray and the three children, uh, their three children who um, lost their parents um, this week. Uh, I did want to say that um, a, a few churches are working on responding to that situation. Uh, there's already like a GoFundMe for the children, uh, but the school where the children go uh, is also receiving some care from uh, congregations, including uh, Madison Church. They're taking some flowers, um, some snacks, and some drinks to the school uh, to the, where the children go for the teachers, because as you can imagine, um, this affects a wider community, and if you can imagine being a teacher in such a situation. Um, but so if you're interested in contributing to that gift that Madison Church is taking over there, you can talk to me, and I'll pass that on to, to them so that they can uh, uh, arrange that. There's also another church, uh, Madison Mennonite, that's taking some baked goods over to the school um, later this week. So again, if you're interested in responding to that in some way, uh, please, um, uh, please keep that family in your prayers and speak with me if you'd like to be involved. Are there any other announcements we should make today? That we'll begin our service with our prelude music, which is a chance to center ourselves for worship.
Please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who is eager to forgive and who loves us beyond our days. Amen. Dear friends, together let us acknowledge our failure to love this world as Jesus does. God of mercy and forgiveness, we confess that sin still has a hold on us. We have harmed your good creation. We have failed to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with you. Turn us in a new direction. Show us the path that leads to life. Be our refuge and strength on the journey. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer and friend. Amen. Beloved of God, your sins are forgiven, and you are made whole. God points the way to new life in Christ, who meets us on the road. Journey now in God's abiding love through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. You've promised to lift up those who are weak and to help people who are poor. But the struggle for empowerment and freedom from poverty continues. So together we cry, when, O oh God, how long must we wait? You've said that the mighty will be made low and the lowly will be exalted. But the evil of systemic racism continues to leave multiple generations of families in financial despair. So together we cry, when, O oh God, how long must we wait? In the midst of this world that is full of inequity and injustice, we long for your promises to be made real. So come, Holy Spirit, come. Come lift us from the ashes and turn our mourning into joy. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Please be seated. first reading is from Amos chapter 8. Hear this, you that trample on the needy and bring to ruin the poor of the land, saying, when will the new moon be over so that we may sell grain and the Sabbath so that we may offer wheat for sale? We will make the ephah small and the shekel great and practice deceit with false balances buying the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals and selling the sweepings of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their deeds. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, the Lord lives on. 
second reading is from 1 Timothy chapter 2. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and is acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, there is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all. This was attested at the right time. For this, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to Luke, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And Jesus said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, what will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, how much do you owe my master? He answered, a hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 50. Then he asked another, and how much do you owe? He replied, a hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and make it 80. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes." Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. Whoever is dishonest in very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. God's amazing grace be with you, my friends. In the name of Jesus, amen. This parable from Luke chapter 16 has to be one of Jesus' most provocative parables. Uh, what are we to make of it? As 
one of those texts where you might want to find a, a substitute preacher if you're a person like me, you know, when it, when it comes up. But I didn't think ahead that way. <laughs> Jesus describes a pretty remarkable situation and seems to lift it up as something commendable to us. He tells this imaginary story, this parable, where a rich man has left a steward in charge of managing his property. But this steward gets into some trouble. Charges are brought against him that he's mismanaging the property of his master. We're not told exactly what he did or what exactly he was supposed to be doing, just that he is squandering the rich man's property. We have to kind of imagine some of those details, but we might imagine some of the common situations that come up in our lives where people either through neglect or mismanagement or even worse, fraud, uh, take what's not theirs and misuse it. There are, you know, famous examples from the world of business. Maybe you remember from a few years ago the example of the company Theranos and their uh, founder, Elizabeth Holmes, who made these grand promises of a technology that would run rapid blood tests off to very small amounts of blood. It was such an exciting idea, such a, an amazing technology that people threw money at this company. The problem being that the technology did not exist or work. They made billions of dollars, but it all came tumbling down when the truth came out. Maybe we think of something like that as someone who was a dishonest manager of someone else's wealth. But whatever happened with this manager, the rich man fires him and demands an accounting of what he's been up to. The dishonest manager is in a predicament. He's about to lose everything, his way of life, his connections. So he starts to scheme. He decides that his best course of action is to make some friends while he, still, while he still can. He decides to curry favor with some of those who owe debts to his master and goes around and starts reducing bills. And the odd thing, we might expect the master to be upset about this, right? Here this steward is taking what's not really his and giving it away. But the master comes and says, uh, good work. You were shrewd, you were prudent. Maybe you're a little bit of a rascal, but you found a way out of this predicament that you were in. And at the end of this, Jesus also seems to chime in on the praise for this man. Does Jesus really want us to be like a dishonest manager, scheming? finding our way out of a tough spot, sometimes with a little bit of uh, finagling and currying favor with, with people who have some power. Now, some scholars will try and lessen the blow of the kind of controversy, uh, scandal of this parable. They'll say that the manager was just taking the, the bills and reducing them by the amount of his own commission. In other words, there was what was due to his master, and then there was his on top of that, and he was just reducing the bill by that amount. But there's not a lot of evidence in, that, in, this, in the text for this. And the master himself calls the steward dishonest. So why would the man be dishonest if he was just giving up his part in the bill? As the commentator Fred Craddock puts it, the more likely interpretation is that he falsified the amounts owed his master in order to gain favor with those who would later offer him hospitality during his unemployment. The steward in this case reads the writing on the wall. He's already going to be fired, so it's time to take the access he has to this wealth right now and make some friends. It's an odd message from Jesus. We might expect him to tell a story about an honest manager, not a dishonest one, someone who always did exactly what they were supposed to do, someone who was always honest in all of their dealings, that he might lift up this dishonest manager as an example of how not to be a steward. But instead, Jesus says there is wisdom in what he does. The way Jesus puts it is that the children of this age 
are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. Children of light is one of the New Testament ways referring to the Christian community. The amazing thing about our God is that we are entrusted with so much, even if it might not feel like very much to us. We have our lives, we have our gifts, our time, our talents. Whatever it is that we've been given, God has given it to us as a gift to be stewards of. We are stewards of God's rich blessings, whether we recognize it each day or not. But Jesus seems to be saying that we don't always make the best of it. And in the context of the gospel, things are becoming more and more urgent as Jesus approaches the cross. Jesus, since chapter 9 of Luke, has been working his way towards Jerusalem, towards his death on the cross. And part of the message I hear here is for his disciples that, you know, your time is almost up. It's time to go out and make some friends. It's time to start spreading this message. It's time to take what little blessings you have and use it for the sake of this kingdom movement. This section is the first part of a series of teaching on wealth and property in particular. Last week, we had the stories of amazing grace in Luke 15, but this chapter is taking us into a new direction where that grace-filled living really hits the road. We're moving from the grace of God that finds us to living a life of discipleship in the way of the gracious God we meet in Jesus. First, we get this parable of the dishonest manager and some additional teaching about wealth, and then we'll hear the parable of the rich man Lazarus. Jesus' point in this chapter seems to be reminding his followers and us that everything, even the little things, matter to God. The way we use our wealth and our property is not besides the point for God. In many ways, it is where our discipleship becomes reality. Whatever we have is a gift from God that is meant to be used for God's purposes. As Jesus says in the, in the text, Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. If we can't be trusted with earthly things, how can we be faithful also in spiritual things? Today's parable seems to be an invitation for us to consider what has been entrusted to you by God this day. What do you have? What gifts, talents, treasure might you have that can be used to be a blessing to other people? Because God seems to want us to use those gifts for others, not squander them. That true wisdom is generosity. Those who are driven by greed in our world are often very shrewd. They know how to protect their assets, how to make them grow, how to curry favor with the right people. But Jesus is offering us an alternative a way of being wise and shrewd in generosity, that in the end, the friends we make through our gifts will be more important than how much we accumulate by the end of our life. I was trying to think of an example of this kind of wisdom in our everyday life, and part of me wanted to uh, talk about, uh, you might have seen in the news this week that the, the founder of Patagonia just gave away uh, billions of dollars, created this fund, um, for, to combat climate change, and I think that's admirable. But, uh, part, but I also recognize that he is going to get plenty of credit for that, right? So I thought of another story that I think is actually closer to what Jesus means by the shrewdness in this story, the wisdom of generosity. It comes from author and activist Shane Claiborne, uh, who's done a lot of work with, uh, with the poor in his ministry, um, and after college, he especially wanted to learn from Mother Teresa, so he traveled to volunteer in Calcutta for a time. And when he was there, uh, he was uh, in charge of a party each week for kids who were living on the street, kids who were 8 to 10 years old, who were homeless, begging each day to survive. And each Tuesday, they would get about 100 of them together to throw a party, play some games, and eat a big meal. And over time, Claiborne got to know one of these kids in particularly well, and he discovered that the next day was going to be his birthday. 
And so he thought, I'm going to get some ice cream for my friend and give it to him for his birthday, which he did. But he didn't really want, he didn't have enough ice cream for all 100 kids, so he wanted to give it to this, this boy kind of off to the side so that he could enjoy his ice cream for his birthday. So he did that, and he gave this boy this little bit of ice cream and said, this is for your birthday, this is for you. Uh, a very generous act in a way. But he said, the true generosity is what came next. Instead of hiding over in the corner with his own ice cream, he shouted to his friends and said, we have ice cream today. And he made them all line up, and he gave each of the children a bite of ice cream. That the boy took what little he had and was wise with it, in the way, in the shrewdness of Christ, in the prudence of God's economy, where when you have something that's too good to be shared, you don't hoard it for yourself, but make it available for others. This odd parable from Jesus invites us to view the world in a different way, from a different kind of economy. God is trusting you with something, no matter how big or small, and those gifts are meant to be shared. There is an odd joy and freedom in realizing that the things we have are never, were never ours to begin with, but are only gifts that we are given for a time. Martin Luther said something along these lines towards the end of his life when he said, I have held many things in my hands, but I have lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. In this odd parable, I hear Jesus saying, the time for generosity is now because God is generous. The time to forgive debts is now because God is always ready to forgive. The shrewdness and wisdom of generosity is the way of Christ who lays down his life for others, a way that often looks foolish, but in the end is the wisest course. As we follow Jesus on the way to Jerusalem in these stories from Luke, he presents us with this image of God's wisdom, a wisdom that is found in generosity, a wisdom that is found in giving yourself away for the sake of others. Because in the end, those friends that we make, the friends that God calls us into, those are the ones that will welcome us and show us hospitality in our time of need. God has a place for you because our God is gracious and generous and there is room for all. Amen.
As scattered grains of wheat are gathered together into one bread, so let, our gather, let us gather our prayers for the church, those in need, and all of God's good creation. God, our Savior, you keep your church in faith and truth. Accompany those preparing for baptism or affirmation of baptism. Enlighten preachers, teachers, seminarians, and all those who share your good news with the world. God of grace. Hear our prayer. Divine teacher, you instruct your children to be responsible stewards of your creation. Show us how best to care for the earth and its resources, and guide those who work to develop sustainable practices. God of grace. Hear our prayer. Ruler of the nations, you direct those in authority. Give leaders wisdom and compassion so that all may live in peace. Inspire public servants to follow the example of courageous leaders and safeguard the dignity of each person. God of grace. Helper of the needy, you lift up those who are oppressed. Breathe justice into economic and social systems that perpetuate poverty and hunger. Sustain food ministries, clothing banks, and emergency shelters, especially programs like Off the Square Club. God of grace, hear our prayer. Sustainer and giver of life, you bless this congregation with abundance. Instruct us in the proper and faithful use of wealth and resources that we share generously. God of grace, hear our prayer. God of glory, you gather your saints around your throne. Keep us thankful for the witness of those who have gone before us. Bring us with them to the heavenly feast that has no end. God of grace, hear our prayer. Loving God, we give you thanks for the life of our dear brother, Randy. We ask that you would uh, uh, surround his family, his loved ones in this community with your care and comfort, that we would sense your presence alongside us, and that you would remind us of our uh, awaited reunion with him in the communion of saints. God of grace, hear our prayer. We lift up prayers as well today, God, for all those affected by the deaths of Jessica and Jason Ray. We pray especially for their children, for the teachers, and all those who are surrounding them with care at this time. We ask in the midst of things we do not understand uh, for your grace and your care and your peace. God of grace, hear our prayer. Gathered together in the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, gracious God, we offer these and all our prayers to you through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Please take a moment to share a sign of peace with those around you. Peace be with you. Peace. Peace be with those who are watching online as well. We're glad that you're with us. Thank you. 
Please stand as you are able. Let us pray. Gracious God, in your great love, you richly provide for our needs. Make of these gifts a banquet of blessings and make us ready to share with all in need through Jesus Christ, who sets the table for all. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy God, our bread of life, our table, and our food. You created a world in which all might be satisfied by your abundance. You dined with Abraham and Sarah, promising them life, and fed your people Israel with manna from heaven. You sent your son to eat with sinners and to become food for the world. The night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. It's my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his life given for us, and his rising from the grave, we await his coming again to share with us the everlasting feast. By your spirit, nurture and sustain us with this meal. Strengthen us to serve all in hunger and want, and by this bread and cup, make us the body of your Son. Through him all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, both now and forever. Amen. We pray together as Jesus taught his friends to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Please be seated while we share some instructions for communion. To commune today, you'll go to the side aisles and come forward, where at the front of the side aisles there are these two tables, small tables, where you will pick up uh, a cup and bring it with you to the railing. At the railing, you will receive bread, and your cup will be filled with wine. Uh, if you need or desire grape juice or gluten-free, those are also at these two side tables. Just pick up those elements and bring them with you to the railing. After you've communed at the railing, you'll return down the center aisle to your seat, and you'll place your empty cup in this bowl by the center aisle. We want all friends, guests, and visitors to know that you are very welcome to commune with us today because this is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table, and the invitation comes from Christ. 
We extend our communion as well to those who are joining us online. We are glad that you are with us in worship this morning. Receive this invitation to communion. Christ invites you to this table. Come, taste and see. Body of Christ given for you. The blood of Christ shed for you.
please stand as you are able. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. God of the abundant table, you have refreshed our hearts in this meal with bread for the journey. Give us your grace on the road that we might serve our neighbors with joy for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. One final reminder for those who might join us afterwards for the Mission Possible board game in the library, but receive this blessing as we depart. God who gives life to all things and frees us from despair, bless you with truth and peace, and may the Holy Trinity, one God, guide you in faith, hope, and love. Amen. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is to proclaim and celebrate the love of Jesus Christ, to live as God's servants in the world, and to be a caring and healing community. Go in peace with Christ beside you.
have something coming up too? Yeah. What's that? Okay, nice. October 11th. October 11th. That's exciting. Your beautiful. 